2: Inside Sources.
0: Inside, Inside sources. sources.
2: America's Voice of Reason, Boyd Matheson,
0: on Utah's Home for elevated conversation.
2: Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, the Department of Homeland Security has rolled out a string of immigration proposals, which include tougher asylum restrictions and the possible return, uh, floating some of those ideas in terms of different kinds of migrant detention at the border. Uh, So that's one piece of the puzzle. There's also an important group in Congress that feels they've been left out of the administration's policy conversations. And ironically, it's Hispanic Democrats in the House and the Senate. Uh, They're not happy with the lack of communication, and they're calling for a different kind of discussion there. And So these are two really interesting points. There's the policy component, and then there's the communication component coming out of the White House. uh, And those all have to square up. Uh, great piece in Roll Call, of course, by Suzanne Moniak, who we always look to, a great staff writer at CQ Roll Call covering immigration law and policy in the courts and on Capitol Hill. And uh, Suzanne, great piece in breaking this down. And so let's let's start with some of the policy components and some of the changes that have happened and some of those that are floating out there as possible. Give us a sense of the, the lay of the land there.
1: absolutely. The Department of Homeland Security is trying to prepare for the eventual termination of an order known as Title 42, and that's a pandemic-related policy that's been in place since March of 2020 that allows border agents to quickly turn back migrants who cross the border without first considering their asylum claim. The Biden administration is ending the COVID-19 public health emergency on May 11th, and they say that means that it will end the Title 42 policy, which was tied to COVID as well. And so once that happens, the department is concerned about the effect it's going to have on migration levels to the border. And so it's been brainstorming possible ways to implement new policies that can take effect once the Title 42 policy ends or potentially before it's needed. And some of those policies, as you mentioned, might be related to detention or ways to limit, asylum, to limit asylum eligibility for migrants coming to the border, sort of in an effort to discourage them from making the trip the border agents won't be overwhelmed with a sudden influx in migrants as soon as those pandemic restrictions lift.
2: Uh, and one of those that has, uh, I think, garnered probably the, the the most ire or the most frustration uh, has to do with uh, detaining migrant families. And again, this hasn't been implemented. I think it's really important to, to be clear on that. Uh, but uh, obviously, it's part of the, the thought process or some at least some brainstorming as it relates to the administration. Uh, so how would that impact uh, those coming to the border?
1: Family detention is sort of an interesting issue. Um, it would really depend a lot on how it's implemented to, to say how it would affect those coming to the border. In past iterations, when it's been implemented under prior administrations, the facilities that um, are designed to carry migrant families are still somewhat limited. Um, it would still likely be a very small percentage of families who would be detained together Um of the overall total uh, who are coming to the border so of course if we were to see a massive scale up of family detention centers that might look a little bit different but that's the point that critics of the policy make um, from an operational standpoint where they say that this wouldn't be a deterrent because you wouldn't be able to you know detain nearly enough migrant families for statistically most of them to be detained in these facilities so i think that's one important point to make but in terms of what it would look like for those who are detained is it would be parents and children who cross the border together would be held together in these family detention facilities for at least for about 20 days. That's the limit right now on when children under a court order for how long migrant children can be detained. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't be able to detain them for the duration of their, you know, immigration court proceeding. But, um, you know, doctors and immigrant advocates say that the you know, mental health impact of detention on children, even for 20 days, can still be very, you know, catastrophic, can be traumatic to their development. And so they're you know, lobbying very hard against the Biden administration, re-implementing something like that.
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Yeah, and it's so interesting. It's a, it's a rare day when uh, when you get uh, the uh, Congressional Hispanic Caucus and Senator Ted Cruz on the same page uh, for anything. Uh, but this is one of those areas where they they all the groups are a little frustrated, I think, in terms of the communication strategy uh, that the administration is deploying or not deploying uh, when it comes to a lot of these issues. So uh, as you get a sense of that on Capitol Hill, uh, what is your sense in terms of the way the administration is communicating? What are uh, particularly the members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus? uh, What's their sense of this and what would they like to see happen?
1: It's one of those issues on Capitol Hill where uh, the Biden administration, when it comes to immigration policy, has managed to anger both Democrats and Republicans, um, though, albeit for Somewhat different reasons. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus, uh, who are all Democrats, um, they are unhappy with the Biden administration's level of outreach to them. Um, and A few of them had some pretty harsh words to the administration after The New York Times and other outlets reported that family detention was back on the table. Uh, Bob Menendez, who's a senator from New Jersey, um, compared it to the Biden administration coming up with civil rights legislation and failing to reach out to black congressional offices. That it was unacceptable, and so I, you know, I think it's you know hard to, for the Biden administration to be you know losing members of their own party and not you know having support even from their own you know political base on the Hill with this. Yeah. But you know, Democrats are just not going to be supportive of um, policies that are heavily restricting asylum. At the same time, uh, the Biden administration is facing a lot of heat politically for these rising border numbers. So they're just sort of in a tough political position right now, where. They are having some meetings with congressional Hispanic Democrats, but they didn't bring up family detention at the meeting they had in February. That was a point of contention. They met again on Tuesday virtually. um, And, you know, Hispanic Democrats have been a little tight-lipped about exactly what went down in that meeting, but uh, it's been reported that they were not happy with with the
2: uh, homeland security secretary, then. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm guessing that was a uh, rather heated uh, conversation when it, when it came to that, and it really comes to this point we often talk about on this program, and that is that your your communication strategy has to be every bit as robust as the policy strategy, uh, both for those that you think are are on your side of the issue, and for those who who may be on the other side of the issue, or those who might be moderately in the middle of an issue. Uh, and it seems like that's an area where it wouldn't be hard for the administration uh, to at least make sure that those who uh, should be on their side on uh, this kind of issue uh, are, are actually with them. And, and so as you as you look at what comes next, Suzanne, obviously uh, you have that May date uh, sort of looming out there in terms of some of those uh, things coming to an end. And uh, the battle, I think, in many uh, areas seems to be do, is this a reversion uh, to some of the Trump era policies? Uh, is there a new era that's coming with something different? Uh, and how do we get people on board? What do you what do you see? What are you watching for in the, the coming days?
1: Um, I think it'll certainly be very interesting. Uh, the Title 42 policy has been in place at this point for almost, you know, about three years exactly. Um, so this will be a dramatic change for border operations, um, something that, you know, hasn't been to take away, something that's been in place for as long as it has been. And so I think, you know, I'm going to be very much watching to see what the Biden administration decides to put in place. Assuming it does end the public health emergency in may, I always want to add that caveat that, in theory, they could decide that's to follow through. But if they assume that, we, that they do follow through with these plans, I, I think there is a lot of concern that there's going to be very high levels of migration um, headed to the border and that that's going to be a problem operationally and politically for the administration. And so what we're waiting for at the moment is that we have this proposed rule. That would make it so that asylum seekers who are headed to the U.S.-Mexico border who pass through another country on the way to that border and don't first seek protection there. So that might be like Guatemala or Mexico for those headed down from South America um, would be have, have essentially overcome a presumption that they would not be eligible for asylum. So it's not a categorical bar, but it would essentially make it harder for them to ultimately win asylum in the U.S. if they didn't first seek a, asylum elsewhere. Critics say that countries like Guatemala and Mexico are not safe for asylum seekers. This is also a rule that was put in a slightly more restrictive form under the Trump administration, and it was struck down in court. So I'll certainly be watching for that proposal to be finalized, see how it changes, if at all, and likely for any litigation that might be brought against it from uh, immigrant advocacy groups.
2: Yeah. Wow. Fascinating, Stefan. Great uh, reporting and writing, as always. Suzanne Moniak, staff writer at CQ Roll Call, covering immigration law and policy in the courts and on Capitol Hill. And, uh, Suzanne, great perspective, as always. This is a uh, complicated one that requires both good policy and good communication strategy. We appreciate you for breaking it down for us today.
1: Thanks again for having me on.
2: All right. Again, great perspective there. And this is, again, one of those things where – we gotta, we got to get rid of the fake fight and the false choice. Uh, you can have compassion and rule of law, and those are compatible principles, and we can get this figured out. But when we don't figure it out, and then when we wait and delay, or when an administration, whether it's a Republican administration or a Democratic uh, uh, administration, when they just act uh, with, a, with a cell phone and a pen, uh, then we have problems because it always ends up in the court. It always creates uncertainty for the very people that you say you're trying to help. And that's part of the problem. So you have to engage in the conversation uh, with those that you think are on your side of an issue, those who are on the other, and who those who may not be decided yet. Uh, but you got to have a communication conversation that's every bit as robust as the policy conversation. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. In an era of very high tension between China and the United States, how do we foster more dialogue and find the common ground beyond the big hot button issues that do divide us between the United States and China we're going to talk to Dr. Peter Chan from BYU about that coming up next stick around
0: it's the story of an american held in a dark venezuelan prison
2: then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm going to die today
0: i'm becky bruce